College football fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and we're back to talk some good old-fashioned college football. The Bulls season, all 842 of them. No, I'm just kidding. What is it, 41 or some shit? It's too many, obviously. But it's back. Started out pretty lackluster, starting to pick up steam as we, you know, get to big games, uh, you know, the big, big games, but just in general. Now, you know, off the field, we do have some items to talk about. Florida State is trying to get out. They want, it sounds like they may join the Big Ten. It's just a matter of how much it's going to cost to get out of there. Old Miss is dominating the transfer portal. They are getting it done. We'll see if uh, old boy gets as much shit uh, for for doing the transfer report. He's trying to set records with this transfer. He's like, Dion, hold my beer. Texas State, hold my beer. We're all in for 2024. I do have a little follow-up on the Danny Cannell FSU stuff. Got a lot of, a lot of feedback from that. Um but yeah, we're we're just gonna I, we I, the whole sky is falling thing in college football. You guys are really starting to show your ass. I mean, this is getting ridiculous, dude. I mean, this romanticizing the past is starting to really get on my nerves, and uh, it's just crazy. Looks like USC may have found a quarterback. They found a coordinator. That's for sure. We'll talk some, like I said, a little ball game stuff. Um, little off the field stuff. Then we're going to get right into Michigan, Bama, Washington, Texas. Talk about maybe Ohio State, Mizzou, Florida State, Georgia. That's gone all haywire. Some other games. We'll get into it in just a short little bit. If this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope dope radio. You don't have to go to blog talk and rope-a-dope and download the show there if you don't want to. You can find this year podcast about college football, the college ball show, under rope-a-dope radio on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Google Podcasts. Make sure you download the podcast app. You can check it out there. Host of other places, Podbay, Podbean, Podtail, all sorts of, just Google it. College ball show, rope-a-dope radio. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegroomingtruth.com and Sports News 24. One more thing about DirecTV Stream. You can sign up today, save $64.99 when you get that DirecTV Stream. For a limited time, $69.98 per month for two months. Save $50 there when you get the entertainment package in DirecTV Sports Pack. Get the best streaming in TV today. That's Direct TV Stream. Okay, let's go ahead and bring in Marshall, my co-host. Um, first and foremost, how are you doing, sir, on this fine Thursday night heading into what is heating up as far as college football and big games as we come to New Year's in the Big Two? Doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty good. Um, this is a great time of the year for sports. Uh, you got pretty much every sport going and we're about to, well, we're literally almost in like the peak of college football. So I'm just going to remind myself, Chris, every year it seems like the semifinal games we're about to see on Monday always go over. 
I'm at least going to bet a little bit on the over. And I know that it was kind of like for years there was Clemson, Bama, or Ohio State, Clemson, or something. But on on New Year's Day, if those games go over, I'm not going to get I'm not going to get caught sleepwalking on that again. So expect fireworks, which I think we will get. But yes, I'm doing pretty good, brother. Um, just been watching a lot of sports, did some coaching basketball today. Uh, our girls cut down a 20 point lead down to four. Came up a little bit short, but it was always fun to see a team go on a run, and we, I was pretty proud of it. I don't like to give out the word moral victory much, but they, today was a moral victory for our girls, so it was a positive day. So. Let's talk some football now, my friend. There we have it. Early in the bowl season, we had a down 28 to 0 to Old Dominion. Western Kentucky wins 38 to 35 in OT. That was pretty damn crazy. Uh, five tutties um, for the quarterback there. Um, like 383. Threw the ball 52 times. But yeah, that, that was freaking crazy. Um, Skip the moral victory, F it, coach. We're gonna come back and win the damn game. Seriously, <laughs> I mean that was that's pretty crazy. Um, and then you know USC may have found their guy last night at quarterback. He was he was a highly ranked guy coming out of uh, you know coming out of high school, and boy he he I mean there were some great catches too, but he definitely I mean Miller Moss definitely. Like Dan Wetzel said on Twitter, Holiday Bowl meant a lot to Miller Moss, and it definitely did. Um, you know, also Kansas uh, quarterback Jason Bean went off. Uh, Jason Bean, this is Optus Stats, the first FBS QB to throw 420 for 425, at least 425 in six TDs um, since 2016 when uh, – a certain Texas Tech quarterback named Patrick Mahomes uh, did his thing, but six touchdowns, the most uh, of any Big 12 player in a conference history in a bowl game. That was freaking crazy, man. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, we've had, you know, we've had some stuff go off off the field. We'll talk a little of the Florida State stuff. I did like the uh, <clears throat> UCLA defensive coordinator hire uh, for USC. Definitely that UCLA defense was to be respected. I also like, speaking of Kansas, their offensive coordinator went to Penn State to kind of rejuvenate that offense with a young quarterback. What are your thoughts so far kind of in a nutshell about bowl season? And then, uh, I mean, man, USC had some energy in that game. It was kind of nice to see, like, give you a little hope for the future. I know after two years – had such a good first year and then a very mediocre, at times very poor, second year. Yeah, I was obviously uh, pretty frustrated <laughs> uh, this year, as you can tell from a uh, prior podcast, uh, wondering if you don't got a defense, get your ass out of here. But um, I did think he brought in a defense coordinator who has done a good job so far, or it, it, it at least did a great job this past year. Um, and it's just the same MO. Like Lincoln Riley, dude, you're you're a quarterback whisperer. You have great quarterbacks, but you've never had a good defense at here or Oklahoma. So if you can have a good defense, maybe you could make the final four next year or next year the uh the the magical twelve. I don't know what the hell we're gonna call that. But yeah, so that's encouraging. <laughs> the magical twelve. Yeah, we're starting to get a workshop. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> magical twelve's got a ring to it, I think. Uh but hey. 
it's a positive sign. Uh, who knows if this kid will be the quarterback next year? He could be, or maybe he'll get transfer portal. Maybe he'll pack up his stuff and go somewhere else. Who knows nowadays? But um, that was a nice, uh, convincing win. Um, and obviously Caleb Williams, I hope you get drafted and go somewhere nice because you deserve it. You've had a great college career. So uh, <clears throat> USC, nice work. And as you said when the show started, I have watched a handful of bowl games this year. Um, obviously, I've lost some bets because it seems like the teams who are not supposed to win do win, or it just seems like you shoot the opposite of what you think. So if you're watching a bowl game and one team, well, this team finished the year cold, well, then they go and win. Or this team finished the year hot, well, then they go out cold. Like, bowl games are always kind of goofy. And unless you've been a diehard fan of, like, a Northern Illinois or Air Force or Duke, like, you know, it, there, there's been some fun games. But now, as you said, it's time where now you get to start seeing some of the big dogs and some blue blue bloods, and, like, now the bowl games get a little more fun. Um, now, obviously, when you say blue bloods nowadays, there might be some players who are taking to, uh, choosing to opt out, which I think is their right. Um, I'll do one quick little story here, and I'll give back to you. I was watching last night. It was uh, Gus Johnson calling the – I think it was the USC game. It and was, I love, yep. I, remember I love Gus Johnson. But but him and Joel Klatt, they went on a little bit of a, a tyrant about how, you know, God, these kids are opting out, choosing not to play, because they did give a, a, a USC wide receiver compliments for choosing to play, and he was a potential draft pick. I I do think – I do think that they should open – this is just me personally. I think you should not be allowed to transfer portal in between bowls. I think that is kind of strange. But anyways, I think – but if you are a kid who has potential to get drafted by the NFL, I cannot fault you for opting out of a bowl game. Would I like to see you play? Yes. Especially high. Especially high. Yeah, if you're high. First or second rounder. Yeah. It's a lot. A lot of people from the sidelines could say this and that, but you get put in that situation. We don't know what we do. Yeah, and you're, you could receive life-changing money. This could be a difference for your family. Maybe this is giving your family a new income bracket of, like, life and joy. Like, I will never rip a kid where, dude, if, if you could be a first-round NFL pick, and what if you what if a guy rolls you over? What if you're, like, a lineman or a wide receiver? Or, hell, uh, a couple years ago, Matt Corral, the, the Ole Miss quarterback I love, he wanted to play for his team, but then he got hurt, and he wasn't able to try on right. the combine. Like, it's just my only thing is I love Gus Johnson, but, dude, you cannot rip these college kids. And if some choose to play, I, I wish them well. I hope they don't get hurt. But don't take shots at college kids for not playing when their future of, of life-changing money exists. That's the only thing that bothered me. because, And I feel that old, older people have that argument. But, dude, yeah, you're, you're, if you're a top first, second, third-round pick, you're, you're making millions. And that right. is that is life-changing money for you. So I will never fault a kid for opting to be smart and just – look at financial security. So aside from that, though, you're right. We've had some good bowl games. Now we're getting totally having some better ones as well. Speaking of new offensive coordinators, A&M officially announced, I saw this from Brett McMurphy, um, former Kansas State offensive coordinator, QB coach, Colin Klein as the new oh. offensive coordinator. So the, the slow motion is Coming to the Aggie Town. Okay. So, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Um, little tidbit there. And God, brother, he he was a quarterback for the he, – he literally was playing college football when we did this podcast. So, I think yeah. he literally must have played there, graduated, joined the staff. Now he's already moving up in the ranks, so good for him. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
by the way, I got to toot the Gophers horn. The longest active bowl win streak is at seven. <laughs> and that just happens to be the Minnesota Gophers over Georgia. And that's about all the the good names because Ohio, Northwestern, Air Force, Fresno State, Duke, those are probably like they were favored to win those games. But the longest streak, okay? No, but I will say this. The uh, the true freshman out of Detroit, right, Darius Taylor, is the uh, – he really came on this year, got hurt, though. That was the problem. He's probably only got two years eligibility left. Well, he's got three, but he's probably only got two because he's probably going to go pro. But look at this. In four full games, Marshall, a buck 93 and a touchdown, a buck 38 and a touchdown, 198 and a touchdown, or two touchdowns, and then in this last game, 208 yards. Um, so, yeah, wanted to shout out my guy over there. Um but yeah, there, there's you know a couple items out there. Like I said, the freaking uh, your boy Kiff. I'm bringing up Kiffin before you. He is just murdering. To say that nicely, murdering the transfer portal. I think they're up to like 16 of them. They're number one. They're over Colorado, Louisville, TCU, some other teams that are doing a thing. But number one, going all in. Okay. And I think I think it's because they're thinking, hey. Look at this schedule we got comparative to the rest of the league, which has got some tough-ass schedules all of a sudden. Um, Big Ten and SEC, really crazy schedules. Um, They actually have a favorable schedule. They do have to play Georgia. That's not easy. It is at home. They got their toughest game is at LSU as far as at and at. But they have Furman, Middle Tennessee, Wake Forest, Georgia Southern, Kentucky, South Carolina, at LSU, home Oklahoma, at Arkansas, home Georgia, at Florida, in Mississippi State. So clearly Oklahoma, uh, Georgia, and LSU, tough games. But when we start to look at Michigan and Bama and some of these schedules, I see why your guy's going all in. Because he's going all in, 16 of them. And, you know, the, the the transfer window is still open, my friend. Hopefully one of those is a quarterback because Jackson Dart ain't going to be there. <laughs> so hey, if a quarterback is involved, I'm all for it. But, hey, good for, good for Kiffin. They had it, last year they won 10 games for the second time in school history. Uh, they gave him a nice contract extension. Obviously I'm not going to rip my guy. I've always loved the man Kiffin. Uh, but hey, you're bringing people in, and that's that's a new part of the game. It really is. I know in college football, it's become such a new deal where you can just move around, but that's part of football now. It's not going to change anytime soon. Um, and obviously, not all coaches have to do it, but if you can find a way to recruit, which is not something Kiffin's always been able to do, and you can bring in, for example, they brought in a a stud defensive lineman from A and M. Okay, hey, if you got the spot for it and you get at him, cool. But, uh, yeah, I don't think it's that easy. But, hey, if, if, if right. you can do it and you make the pieces mesh together, I'm all for it. But, again, you got to be able to make the pieces work. Just because you, 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 you see in sports, though, just because you bring people in, oh, yeah. it doesn't yep. mean it's always going to work out that well. I, I do think that we did get a little overhooked or overboarded with, like, uh, Texas State and Colorado. Like, you know, like these coaches do this. But there's no guarantee that the people you bring in are gonna Hartman, be the best part. For Hartman for Notre yeah. Dame, that it, didn't. Yeah. Work. It was good, but it wasn't what we thought it'd be. 
Yeah, so again, Kiffin has these people bring coming in, but you need to find a way to make them fit your program. And obviously, not all the times this will always work, but I, I hope it does. He I, he has the number so far to prove it, but you got to be able to make all the pieces mesh together. But for now, yeah, hey, that's a chance. And again, this past year, Old Miss really did not have a chance to make the magical twelve. This year, they do. So, Yo, like you 100% said, throw, throw, throw your throw your chips on the table and see what happens. Amen. They got a they got a they got a chance to be a top four, dude. <laughs> I, I, because if they can get to the damn final game, yeah. well, then you're in no matter what. But True. I mean, they're going they're going to be there, dude. Unless there's some kind of knock on wood, some kind of crazy injury or something. But I just think that people are forgetting. The blue bloods are getting bled too. It's not just yeah. the now. You can feel bad for like the Mac and stuff like that. That's fair, you know. Sure. FCS, yeah. okay, but like the blue bloods are getting and, and just when you look at the two matchups, we're, we're about to get into them: Michigan, Alabama, Washington, Texas. The odds tell you that this is by far the closest matchups because there's always one twenty point matchup in the semis. Am I right, my friend? It's always right around 20-point favorite, right, in the semis. And sometimes there's two of them in the semis. We've had plenty of 20-point favorites in the semifinals. So if this, and I'm not going to say it's like this every year, right? I hope, but, you know, to have that many undefeated teams and that many one-losses, to the point that we did was pretty crazy, but if you look at FSU with their quarterback, obviously it'd be a different squad. Georgia, Ohio State, those top seven. I mean, who did Georgia lose to? Bama. That's their only loss. Ohio State, Michigan. Those weren't blowouts. They weren't blowout games. Um, Then you got Oregon. Who'd they lose to? Twice Washington, number two. You could argue number one. In, in the country, Mizzou, P- uh, Penn State, Mississippi, Ole Miss. I mean, I mean, dude, they just lost to the best teams. Like, I just think people are not, they're looking at it just as, uh, oh, these kids are spoiled or something. I had to walk, you know, 12 miles uphill both ways and 18 inches of snow. You know, I, it's like, dude, I'm a gopher fan, okay? I know that we're not going to win a championship, okay? Now, the thing is, if we're 10-2, and two, we got a shot to be in the playoffs. And I just think, would you go seven deep like that, and then the two lost teams are all quality two losses? I just think the depth of this thing, Marshall, is way better than people are, are leading on. Because right now, it's like the sky is falling, dude. It's like we're going into World War, like we're fighting World War Three right now. And it's like, hold on to your children. I hope you guys, are, you know, it's like, dude, what is this drama-filled shit? Sorry, I just had to had to rant because this shit's getting silly. Yeah, I'll, I'll just say this just to, for those of you who may fear, like, what our college football is going to be like next year. I'm just going to very quickly let you know who Georgia's big games are, Bama's big games are, then all we can get into the big games themselves. Next year, Bama, next year Georgia starts off with Clemson. That's a big game. Okay. 
in week five, they go to Bama. In week seven, they go to Texas uh, in Austin. Then they have a bye week. Then they play the Florida Gators. Then they go to Old Miss, and they play Tennessee after. Okay, so that's five legit hard games for Georgia. They no longer have a cakewalk. If you're thinking, oh, fucking roll tight Alabama, what's Nick Saban going to do? Dude, Nick Saban, in my opinion, has seven hard games. Week three, they go to Camp Randall, which I cannot imagine that place hosting Alabama. Whether the Badgers suck or not, that's going to be a lit environment. Week five, they get a bye, but then they go play Georgia. So you have at Camp Randall, and you play Georgia. That's a cool game. Then you got to go to at Tennessee. Then you play Missouri the week after. Then you get a bye. Then you play at LSU. Two weeks later, you go at Oklahoma. Then you finish with the Auburn Bowl for with Auburn. And, you know, that game's always a shit show. So if you're thinking, oh, dude, I, with these bigger divisions now, okay, well, they're there. But the fact that you've had stronger teams enter the bigger, excuse me, conferences of the Big Ten, the SEC, the Big 12, all that stuff. I, sh- I can't say Pac-12. But now that you have these kind of loaded conferences, teams cannot get cakewalk schedules. Yes, I'm sure some years can be easier than others, as my co-host just said. Old Miss's schedule this year is not terribly hard. But next year, Old Miss probably will have something I just read. But the fact that right. Alabama has seven hard games this year that are not cakewalk. And that's without the conference championship, potentially. Yes, and Georgia has five hard games this year. That is incredible for college football. Look so what yes, Georgia just had this year. Before, I mean, how, how many games did it take before they even played somebody quality? Yeah, so so even though you might lose, you might not have the week one or two matchups we've had for the last few years because you're not going to want to risk it. The in-conference games, once we get going with these loader, loaded conferences, is going to be so much fun. I mean, just I, it's just it's going to be amazing football. And it's going to be next year is going to be probably our most fun podcast of the year because it'll be we're going to have more big games every week. And the the 12 teams where it's it's just going to be a fun debate. So just if, if you've been if you're worried about this next year, I would just say hold the breath. OK, you're next year when we're around this time next year, we're breaking down our our uh, divisional whatever top 12 teams. That's going to yeah. be a badass podcast, and I can't wait. But, yeah, if you want to just look at your team's schedule next year. If your team plays in a Power 5 conference, see who they play and be like, dude, that is going to be fun to enjoy as a fan. Now, it might be hard, but it's still going to be fun to enjoy as a college football fan if you love the sport. Do the Michigan one just again. Do you have it handy, sir? Uh, Michigan, yes. Give me that shit's wild. Michigan football schedule. Next year in Michigan's. Okay, here's theirs. Uh, Ron Link and boom. Here you go. So we just read Bama and Georgia, who again have seven and five respectively. Last hard time games. I checked, they were blue bloods too. They're still blue bloods, right? Yes. Uh, Michigan week two plays Texas uh, Longhorns. Week four, they play the USC Trojans. Uh, week five, there's a trap game because they play the Gophers. Yes, sir. So you got to yes, go sir. week two, Longhorns, week four, USC, week five, trap game, George, uh, go for selfie, go for win. Week six, you go to at Washington Huskies. So in the first three weeks of the season, you're playing three pretty damn good teams. Then you have to finish. You play Oregon in about week eight. 
the fish with Ohio State. So Michigan also has what I would consider five hard games. So we just went through uh, Georgia. That might be the hardest schedule in the in the in the whole league or in the whole country next year. Yeah, we'll see. We, yeah, you know? but we just went through Georgia, Bama, Michigan, and they respectively, in my in the Marshall Road opinion, they have five, seven, and five hard games. That is yeah. incredible for college football because even if you're a blue blood, well, it's Bama wins all the time. If you win all the time, when you have to play six to seven hard games, dude, you've earned that. You've earned that. You've earned the parade. Walk your ass on the red carpet because <laughs> you, you know, because sometimes with Bama this year, Georgia, Georgia had one hard game on the schedule. You can argue this year. Sure, that's fair. Before they played Bama. Next year, dude, Georgia's got six to seven hard games. You ain't get a free pass. Yep. So, and that, that goes for almost every team. It will make the regular season different, but probably more competitive and even better for it, it's, fans. It, it's yeah for the fans in general. It, it's it's going to be great. You, you now you might get like I said, you might get an easier schedule for twenty twenty four, right? But twenty twenty five, when that dice rolls the other way, uh oh. Now you got the seven hard games. Now it's time to buckle up. <laughs> well, dude, in the Big Ten, it's a it's a home and a home. True. Oh, when you match up, that's a home. So Michigan, I don't know what their Texas uh, non conference thing. If they do sure. it every other year, or if it's just because I doubt it's just a one and done, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually that's a home and home. But True. all those games you mentioned in the Big Ten, that's home and home. Oh, so that's their schedule weird. for two years. Dude. That is great. Dude, that's so it's good for college football. They're scheduled six years out, dude. There's no ducking. We know <sighs> what the fuck's going on. You know? So, well, yeah, dude. Well, okay, so this is a nice little intro. Speaking of this, we I've mentioned Bama's schedule. I've mentioned Michigan's schedule. Next year they have hard schedules. But for this year, let's stick with this year, they actually got to play each other. So if you and, remember, right, right. Uh, the college football selection show, when uh, they had the camera zoomed in on Michigan, and Michigan showed that, hey, I'm sure they were expecting Florida State. FSU. Hey, you're playing Bama. Yeah, they were doing the chop before the camera came on. Yeah. They were doing the chop, just cheering for it, probably. And you saw some golf class. You saw a lot of quietness. Uh, there, <laughs> there's not much happiness. So why do you say that? Because as a Michigan fan, you do know that a man named uh, Nick Saban's coach of their team – and you're fearful because that gives Nick Saban, who is arguably, I don't know, not much arguably, yeah, the not. best college football coach since I've been alive, that gives that man a lot of time to prep. And since when he has time to prep, that makes his team very good. For a very, very quick 10-second recap of Bama this year, they started off poor. <laughs> they had a quarterback who was not a future NFL first-round draft pick, and week by week, to give Milroy credit, Okay, his his ass got benched. He could have put his head down and pouted. He didn't. He's improved week by week. He throws one of the best deep balls in college football this year. Maybe not short passing, but he has a deep ball. He's a deep ball threat. He's improved every week. And Bama went from a team who was tied with too. some of the best uh, yes. feet in the country. So a Bama team who was once tied in a monsoon with you. USF at three to three. Yeah, not USCF. USF. Remember that. Is now in your final four college football playoffs. So for Bama, dude, the years start off a little bit shaky. You had a lot of games this year which were single digit or less than 10 point victories, but you have a coach now who has a month to prepare against a coach in Harbaugh 
who, if you look at his bowl game record, is not that marvelous. Uh, Bama is – Michigan won at Florida State. I'll just say that. Because Bama, as you know, Chris, uh, hell, Saban owns Kirby. It, 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 that's not a team you want to face because he finds ways to make other teams' lives hell. That's the they were doing the chant and everything, and all of a sudden, what the Seminoles? They probably put like an appeal in and like, hey, we need to sign petition. We got to get Florida State in there. This is bullshit. I feel for them. I do feel for. Okay, so anyway, um, it's obviously it's fairly evenly matched down the line. Um, one of the biggest things you can look at is pressure in sacks. Um, that's where Bama was poor uh, for for sacks. They're over a hundred, hundred. They're tied for 125th in sacks. That's pretty messed up. You're going to have to get pressure. Obviously, Michigan's going to want to run the ball. They can run the ball in a variety of ways. Uh, JJ McCarthy, when healthy, can move his feet as well. He's going to have to. Both quarterbacks are going to have to make a handful of plays with their arm to move the change chains or, um, you know, get the explosives. And that's the one thing Michigan doesn't have the explosives like they did a year ago. Uh, or, you know, not like they had a ton of them, but it, it, it definitely, they haven't had the explosives where, like you said, um, Alabama has the deep ball. Now the, the intermediate, that that's probably what Michigan's going to do is take away the deep ball, right? And say, hey, you're going to have to beat us, you know, in the middle of the field, on the short stuff, using accuracy. And you know they're going to bring the heat, but you can only bring the heat so much with him because, you know, it, he'll, he'll move on you. So contain him in the pocket, take away the deep ball, and, and that's probably Michigan's, you know, way to do it. And, and obviously loading up to stop the run is a big deal. You know, when you look at Michigan's starting lineup for offensive line, they had all, all of them were all Big Ten. Two of them were all American. They are missing that guard. Um, now they've had about them. They'll have about a month to get going. Obviously, the 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 sixth, seventh, and eighth guy are really good. We should know actually the Gophers because we had their seventh guy on our team last year, and he was one of our best offensive linemen. So they do have depth, but. You know, it's one thing to have depth. It's another thing to uh, have an All-American depth. Um, so if they can't run like they want to to set up everything, that'll be interesting. Uh, both of them, you know, when you look at outgained opponents, Texas and, and, and Michigan definitely has the advantage compared to the other two. Um, like outgained opponents, 140 yards per game compared Michigan did compared to uh, – Alabama at 88. Um, but, you know, Michigan, it took them a while to play good teams, much like Georgia. Um, what, what are your thoughts here, man? Because this one's a pick and game. I mean, when you look at it, it's right around one and a half, two, right, somewhere in there. Um, it hasn't really moved a whole lot. I mean, 45, I, I might go under in that 45. Um, really evenly matched, like I said. I do think McCarthy is the better QB all around because he can, you know, 
he can uh, complete passes all over the field. Um, and something that we – too good and bad, right? The good, last year, their explosive plays, they kind of held them back until Ohio State and in the TCU game, and they were hit. The problem is, in that game, McCarthy threw not one but two pick sixes and also got a little tricky around – I remember they had two turnovers, one turnover on downs early in the game because they tried to get tricky in the in the red zone, ended up turning – the, the ball over on downs, and then they had a fumble like at the two yard line or one yard line. Um, so it didn't go good for them, even though they were the favorite. And when you look at that, you know they could have won the chip maybe last year. So, um, what are your thoughts here, man? Because this is a big, big moment for Michigan. They've been building up ever since they had to get you know ever since Harbaugh got there, they had to get over even the Penn State hump for a second. Now they've beaten them three straight years. They had to get over the Ohio State. Now they've beaten them three straight years. What are your thoughts here, man? Because like you said, Bama coming in loosey-goosey. Yeah, and, you know, I, I did reference Harbaugh's um, college football record because I remember they showed it last year on the television. He, he's 3-7 and seven in bowl games, and he's 0-2 in college football playoffs. So, yep. and there's something to be said for that. Now, I get that every bowl game is not the same as others, but that that does scare me a bit because, dude, and you've you've had ten bowl games, and you're you've only won three. Something must ha- like there's coaches who are better at than others, uh, so that does concern me. It is matchup, and Michigan that, is a named team, so they they do get matched harder generally. But still, you could be seven and three. Feel better, you know. Yeah, he he's normally probably never been a, a a fifteen point dog in a bowl game, you know. So that is a little bit concerning. And I guess my biggest thing for predicting this game would be is what can you really tell me about Michigan? Yes, they look good this year, but up until when they played Penn State, which was like in week week nine or so, they didn't play anyone good. Like, you beat Rutgers, you beat Nebraska. No, I'll skip your team. You beat Indiana, you beat Bowling Green. Okay, you beat Penn, you beat Penn State. That's a good win at Penn State, for sure. You beat Maryland, okay? Then you beat Ohio State, who we've had their number, and you whooped Iowa, who can't score. Like, I want to believe that Michigan has a legit defense, because numbers tell you that. Blake Corbin's good running back, numbers tell you that as well. J.J. McCarthy, the numbers show it, too. But I don't know if I can say he's a better quarterback because at least Milroy played other like Milroy played more accomplished teams this year in the SEC. Now I know it was down a bit this year. Now defensive but, teams though, because I could use your argument against you there. But your point is: is their defense as nasty? Because how many good offenses did they play? I can meet yeah, you there. I, yeah, yeah. So I just I just wonder like. Because I think everyone initially, from like a sport betting standpoint, or just from a, a sport standpoint, well, you got to take Bama. Just that's kind of like a natural response because Bama's been sure. Bama, and well deserved. Yeah, I just like I wish I had more of a sample size of like, okay, who else did Michigan play this year? And I, and I, again, I know that if you look at Bama's schedule, the SEC was down this year, but in Bama's SEC division compared to Michigan's. 
they just played hard teams. So my gut wants to tell me to pick Michigan just because. They, but they had LSU, they had Ole Miss, they beat Georgia, they had Texas, you know, at, well, yeah. they lost at home, but then they turn around and beat Georgia anyway to close the year. So, yeah, they played better teams overall, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 yeah I, and they struggled early. They looked they like did. shit early, but they got their shit together. So, and I know it's hard because you can't always, well, just if, if, you, if you have A and B and they combine C, that doesn't always work in sports, but for me, could Michigan win? 100%. They could be Bama. Like, this Bama team is not his saving team as old. But just from what I've seen this year, I trust Bama more. I think that you've had players who've been there more often before. And I think the one of the biggest advantages to the whole thing is the fact that because player to player, this probably is an even matchup. If you were to have yeah. NFL scouts, you might even give the edge to Michigan for NFL talent. But sure. you have a head coach who has been there, done that, and not that Harbaugh's a bad coach because he isn't, but I trust Saban more. So I'm going to yeah, trust you the, trust Saban more than anybody. Well, yeah, the, yeah, know, true, true. I guess that's not you know breaking news here, but, no, you know, but I mean you're making a good point. And also last year, people, I, I believe they were the favorite against TCU, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I just, Definitely. I'm, like I'm doing it favorite. just kind of based on just. Outside. And they played about as bad as you can, too, in that spot. It was horrible. I can't so, even believe they still had a chance to win that game. And my other thing really to wrap bad. this up is the fact that, okay, Michigan, if they're going to win the game, they're going to do it on the ground. I, I think I, now, Can McCarthy throw the ball? Yes. But I think that their, their Blake Corm is their, he's their, he's their horse. He's the guy that's going to run them to victory or to a national title, potentially. And I do think that just Saban, when it comes down to big games like this, he seems to have a way to just make it be like the, he seems to be able to make other offenses slow down a bit. Now you could say, Hey, Texas viewers, they, they made him look bad. Okay. They right. did. But I, I guess I'm just going to stick with Bama here. I think they're more tested this year. I like their coach. I think the quarterback battle is close, but I will take. Milroy just because he 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 has a great deep ball and you're get, he's gonna hit he's gonna hit a couple he might throw a pick or two but if you watch any Bama game this year at some point this year they have a 40 50 yard bomb that works almost every game and he's gonna be on his feet too so I guess Chris I'm picking Bama just because based on past what I'm known as a sports fan and prove me wrong Harbaugh go win this game and hey if you're McCarthy and you beat up on a bunch of Big Ten teams okay show you're a bad at maturity and get it done but beat Bama on a big stage so. I'm leaning roll tide. I will take them right now, like plus one or plus two, depending on what book you're looking at. But I guess I'm just going to be stubborn and say I will take the boys from Tuscaloosa to win this matchup. So I'm doing two things. One, I am actually going to pick Michigan to win the game. Okay. Two, I've already placed my bet on Alabama uh, plus, what the hell was it, plus – 110 or whatever, 105, 110, I can't remember. So, okay. Um, because of all the things you said. Um, uh, you know, I, I think it's an evenly matched game. Sure. Um, the first chunk of the season, I, I, I yeah, plus 105 is what I got it for. Uh, straight up. No fucking okay. around, just straight up. Win by a point, whatever. Um, but, so my money, I, I'm not putting my money where my mouth is. I am picking Michigan in this one. I think that they're finally going to get over the hump. Uh, but it's just 
I, I couldn't bet on them. Now, here's the thing. After they beat Ohio State, I got them at a plus 190 to win the chip. So I'm kind of trying to, you know, this is the last time I'm going to bet against them. And then if not, then, the, you know, I got them winning the chip. So kind of fun. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I hear you. I definitely hear you. It's a, it's a, it's a kind of a, you know, coin toss. I think both of them are coin toss. You know, even though Texas is a four-point favorite, that, that ain't shit. A lot of people no. going over for, for obvious reasons. Uh, both these teams, Washington and Texas, both top ten in total offense. Um, it's kind of interesting because when you look at the, they're going to have the advantage on the defensive line front seven, uh, Texas. But their defense in the secondary isn't as good, right? They're they're 96 in yards per game now. A lot of times when you have leads, people are going to throw more, sure. But you got number one passing yards going against 96. And now all three of the Washington wide receivers are going to be 100% healthy. If you look at touchdown pass, they're kind of middle of the pack. Texas, third in touchdown passes. Now, the flip side of that is, um, you know, Washington has the best scoring offense in the, of any playoff team, but they also have the worst scoring defense, right? I mean, they, they, it's not horrible, but you know, they're, they do give up almost 24 points a game. And which Washington team shows up? If you look at pressures, pressuring, especially a lot of, I've heard the, uh, covered three, a couple different, um, you know, outlets talking about, you know, um, Byron Murphy the second in that defensive line in the pressure. You know, they lead the, the Big 12 in QB pressures. And it's a lot easier to put pressure on Penix up the gut rather than the outside because he'll always kind of just get rid of the ball. Sometimes it looks like he's getting rid of the ball and he completes it, you know. Um, so they both have weaknesses on defense. Overall, Texas's defense is better, but um, this one is a pick 'em game, man. I, I mean, because because what is Washington? The two games that you're like, oh shit, especially this last one. But just in general, we're against Oregon, right? I mean, where you're like, okay, this. We literally went like seven weeks or something where you're like, man, if they're on fumes, uh, it's tough to go undefeated. The defense isn't that good. They're playing from behind in some of these games. Or they would jump up to a little lead and give it up and have to battle it in the last second. But that Pac-12 championship, that looked like the squad the first six, seven weeks of the season. Which one are we going to get, my friend? I think one of the biggest things, and it, you have to buy into a bit of a, it's not even a, a, like a, a crazy theory, but it's the fact that Michael Penix looks like he got hurt in the first Oregon matchup, and he appeared, again, this is based off rumors, but kind of factual rumors if you watch how I played, is that he was never really healthy until the end of the year, and in that Vegas play, he looked a bit healthy. Now, he has one month to completely heal up. Because Michael Penix, we saw at the start of the year, Grant, that was against some weaker teams, was just dropping dimes everywhere. That Oregon game, it looks like he, he got shots to the ribs or something. Yeah, ribs, chest. He was in yeah, rough shape. Yeah, 
And he was never quite himself because obviously in college football, you really don't have time for bye weeks. And the second half of their schedule was like, uh, it was Oregon. It was Oregon State. It was Utah. They, they really didn't have a, a, he didn't have time to heal up. But now you're letting him heal up. You're letting the best group of, well, I would say in the country because they're still playing Ohio State's not, um, arguably the best set of wide receivers in the whole country are healthy. They're four deep. And his boy McMillan and Odunze are healthy. Like, this offense is now going to be back to where they were in week one or two, and you have a month for prep. Now, obviously, Texas has a month prep as well. But And they got a good prepper, too. They, that, they, that coach getting, they do. you know, schemes and stuff up. But I, I guess I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean towards – Washington, just because I cannot go on this podcast and say horns up, because I would, <laughs> I, I won't be able to go sleep tonight for a couple hours. So I'm leaning, I'm leaning Washington a bit biases because I'm never going to flash horns up. But I, I do think. Would that, you go over or under? Because everybody's going over. What, what are your thoughts on that? I again, as I said when the podcast started, I cannot bet another one of these games go under. I swear. And again, could we? Could both these go under for sure? But the and maybe this is the. Ohio State, Clemson, Bama, but a lot of times these college football playoff games for the semifinals, after the first quarter, it's like, dude, yeah. like just let the dogs out and let them go boom, run. Boom, like boom. It, it just becomes like the over under of that George, the Michigan TCU game last year. It it, it, it got was, insane, yeah. you know. Yeah. And and again, I just I can't block those Clemson Bama games out of my head either. So. I think I got to go over. I think you have a four wide, and if Washington gets down, okay, we got to chuck it. Okay, cool. And what does Texas do? They don't let you run the ball that well. Washington doesn't run the ball that well at all. Now you have to run to keep modest, but so I think from a Washington standpoint, they're going to be able to score. Now, what does Texas do well? Well, they're a physical team, likes to run the ball, and they make their plays too. Washington and they got a deep ball too. Yeah. And Washington, as much as I want to give them credit with the lipstick, as my best friend would say, for the offense, the defense, not that good. But I will say, the defense had a – it was a different team in the second half of the Utah game moving forward. Their defense was abysmal when the year started, and it, it got better because they got pushed. If you're if you're not a Washington fan or didn't watch them play, they're pretty much – their last four games of the year were all games they could have lost. And they, yeah. they were walking a tightrope, but that defense, effing, they stepped it up. And that was a different defensive squad than what we saw this year. Now, are they going to pitch Texas to a shutout? No. But that's a yeah, better Yeah, some defense. of those teams like yeah. Arizona State, and they didn't play juggernaut. Uh, Utah wasn't a juggernaut on offense sure. either. But, no. yeah, either way, it improved, and it ultimately improved against the Oregon rematch. Sure. Yeah, and and that's why I kind of feel a little bit convinced because well, you know they're they're not physical. Well, Oregon's a physical ass team. If Oregon played Texas, that'd be a close spread too. So I'm just gonna. Yeah, we don't toward... know if Oregon's well, physical yet though. What? Well, because when they've been in the last decade or so, when they've had to be physical, they actually weren't. So whereas we know Texas is because they they went in into Bama and got things done. True. Yeah, you're 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 right. It's just the media like to build Oregon up, but they you know, right. they lost two games to Washington in a row. So, um, yeah, I, mean, I, I would take Washington with the four. I think you're get you got a field goal cover there. Right. That yep. game could easily be. Hey, you got the ball in your hand last. You're going to win. I'm just going to lean towards Penix and you have those four wide receivers because they're going to have to score. I, again, 
I think that Texas will score in the 30s. I think Washington's going to do the same. I, I don't see this game being like a 17 to 20 victory. Now, I could be wrong, but barring the injury or something crazy, I just don't. I see this game as being a a typical. Hey, the first quarter, let's do some like let's. It's it becomes a chess match, and then sure. who's got the better OC and DC, and let's have some fun watching good football. And I kind of, I, I I honestly I was expecting Bama to be the nightcap. But I kind of like this one tonight, Cap, because this one might be a little high scoring. I suppose you want to have, like, the sun and all the nice weather for the Rose Bowl for uh, Bama and Michigan. Yeah, Bama, the Bama game's first. And then you yep. got the uh, this game, which is on turf. So that makes even more of a fast track, kind of, you know, so that the offenses will enjoy. And, I, and, and again, that benefits Washington even more because they're playing on a fast track. So. Expect points, people, and I'll, I'll be better watching. So what, they don't points. have speed on Texas? Oh, no, they do. Yeah, so they expect points because Texas is going to answer as well. Yeah, I got the over, and I got the – I'm picking Washington, but I I, I, uh, I do have the points too. I'm basically the same thing as what you said. Okay. I, I just think that whatever it was, like maybe they – well, obviously they play at levels too. Sure. You know what I mean? Because it's not like all of a sudden Penix healed in that Pac-12 game either. You know what I mean? No. He didn't have two weeks or three weeks to rest or anything. I just think that they, they, they clearly played at levels. That's what it looked like to me. And when it's time to step up a level, they're ready to go up a level. And like you said, a whole month, Penix definitely got hit hard in that game. Didn't look great. This will come down to turnovers, though, and if they're going to be winging this thing around, then someone's going to turn the ball over. Um, True. And I I may pick Texas if they had that other running back who's out for the year. He seemed like a, a, a pass threat, too, a pass-catching threat. Not to say they can't go and they'll probably have over 100-yard rushing. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that there's just something about Washington, like you said, the, the extra time. But we can't, you know, I mean – that coach is a damn good offensive coach, too. So um, I do kind of feel like it is going to be uh, whoever has the ball last, whether that means driving down for a field goal or the victory formation. But I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Um, we got a little time left. Let's not go too hey, deep. Ju- just, I'm yeah, sorry. Just, just to recap one point. I hope you're sorry. No, I'm just kidding. You said just to go back to Bama, Michigan. You said you took the under on that game, or did I mishear you? Are you no, no, under? I'm think I didn't take it yet. Okay, okay. But I'm thinking about it. I, I was I was leaning under, but I didn't take it. No, the only thing I took is uh, Bama to win <laughs> straight up. Okay, and just just for the people, just from a, a gambling standpoint, forty four and a half is pretty low, especially for a college football playoff game, like. So you're basically saying you, people give or say you have like a, a twenty or yeah twenty twenty three twenty, 20 type game, which in theory is low just for how these years have been. But that, that I guess but look at these two teams. I mean, yeah, that's how Vegas many way how many saying. shootouts did Bama uh, get into this year? True. Yeah, I, guys, just Not you're right. And, and if they did it, it was against like teams that don't have good defenses. So, huh. And their first half, they didn't play great in the first halves. They have a bunch of second half, not even major comebacks, but Old Miss, T 
Tennessee. We know it's on the South Florida. I don't want to spend too much time in their yeah. first six games, but it's there. They didn't play well, but still, they well, didn't. They weren't in a, a bunch of shootouts, you know. And Michigan isn't either. I just think the pace they want to play, um, this is grinded out a lot more grinded out. So I'm leaning the under. Okay. But I haven't bet it based off of, like you said, the number is tricky. And, uh, you know, you make a good point about, you know, the overs, especially with the – because I do think Michigan – you saw it all that Ohio State game last year, but also yeah. in that bowl game, they played like shit, but they were – they put up – they were doing some shit they hadn't done in the past game. Huh. Hitter, yeah. Including I, I, two pick sixes. <laughs> yeah, true. Because, hell, yeah. you – even that, because when they played, I'll just say this, why I lean over, like that Georgia SEC title game, the final score was 27-24. It uh-huh. wasn't high pace, but again, it doesn't take much even to reach 50. So, man, that, that is such a low over. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to dig into those numbers, cause, damn, that, that is Vegas' way of teasing me to take the over. It's a really good, no, yeah, it's a good, it's, they know what the fuck they're doing. True. Yeah, You're right. I don't know. You're right. I'm not <laughs> confident of it, you know, but, because I haven't bet it yet, but yeah, I don't know. I'm leaning under, but I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, as, as he mentioned, there are some other bowl games remaining, though, as well. Um, starting tomorrow, uh, Clemson plays Kentucky. I wouldn't call that a high end game. Or somehow, Oregon State and Notre Dame are both ranked 19th and 16th. Uh, Notre Dame, for the, the year they had where Sam Hartman never really found his groove. The fact that you're 16th is actually pretty impressive because they it just they had the 10 minute on the field like what could have been it was kind of just a weird year for them and for Oregon State this has to be one of the, the highest rankings you've had going into bowl game in quite a while so Oregon State Notre Dame tomorrow at one o'clock should be a a fun football game to watch that over under is 41 that tells you about how those teams love to ground and pound the ball well at Hartman who is yeah that okay so you got that uh. Memphis plays Iowa State, uh, and then the nightcap for tomorrow, which should be a fun game, again, pending who's playing and not opting out. Uh, Missouri plays Ohio State in my backyard in Dallas. Uh, for this one, Chris, obviously Ohio State will have a new quarterback under center because their guy opted uh, to go to the transfer portal. And I believe Marvin Harrison Jr., who could be a top five pick, top ten. I'm not Todd McShay, but he'd be a top pick is opted out for the sake of his financial future, which you're talking about at the start of the show. Uh, I, I can't blame the guy for that. Ohio State still, though, is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. I, I kind of thought that with the quarterback opted out and the, the wide receiver opted out, Mizzou might be a favorite, but I guess the Buckeyes are still viewed as the better team in Vegas. This could be a pretty fun game to watch uh, tomorrow, brother, before we get into the, the big ones on Monday. Yeah, I agree. I actually have, um, speaking of other games, I have Iowa plus seven and a half. Um, just you because. You taking the under? I'm not touching it. I already made my money on it. I'm not touching it. But I did take the plus seven and a half. I bought some points. Um, and they got a new quarterback too, Tennessee. So that might even work for them really good or not. You know, tough to say. Um, yeah, and just just for what the over under for Iowa Tennessee is thirty five and a half. Yeah, thirty five and a half. Man. <laughs> so, um, um, 
all the way through, but I already put a bet in, plus 7.5 for uh, Iowa. Florida State has a ton of op-outs, so now that thing's up to, like, 19 over Georgia. Jesus. Um, you know, and by the way, oh, I almost forgot, follow up on Danny Cannell, who acted like the world is ending, um, you know, with the Florida State thing. And, and, you know, it's cool if you think Florida State should get in without their, their starter quarterback. That's fine. That's That's fair. That is a fair thing. Now, I don't think, you know, if they're playing Michigan, I don't think it's a, a point and a half spread. You know what I mean? Um, now, it would be a lower – I'd go under. I'd say that, you know. I would go under whatever the fuck the number was because uh, I think they'd get up on them and, and just, you know, do what they do, Michigan. So I wish – that'd be an easy under if Florida State got in there. But it's cool to think that way. But the way – it just, you know, I played the audio, and he was just, oh, I, I hope the, you know, people 45 and above still care about the game, and oh, all this shit, and it's like, dude, like I said, the, the romanticizing the past um, when we had split championships, but in that video, he said, I'm good. I got my national title, right? That was 1993. He backed up Charlie Ward, dual threat. Charlie Ward, actually triple threat because dual threat on the on the football field, but also played basketball. Right now, here's the funny thing about that year, Marshall. So Florida State was a one loss team. Notre Dame was a one loss team, and they at Notre Dame had beaten Florida State that year. But what I had forgotten, I had forgotten about West Virginia being undefeated. Now I knew Nebraska was undefeated. And I think it was 18 to 16, Florida State beat Nebraska, right? And his thing, Danny was like, well, they had a chance for a split, but Florida, you know, really handled them, West Virginia, in the bowl game. And that's cool. They handled them in a bowl game, much like Georgia would probably handle them in a game, right? Now, here's the thing. West Virginia was undefeated. Nebraska was undefeated. So actually, he's making the opposite point because he's like, oh, no, they had a chance for a split. Yeah, but that's not the point. The point is, like based off of your argument, West Virginia and Nebraska were the only two unbeatens they should have played in the national championship. And if a one-loss team was supposed to get in, it should have been Notre Dame, the team that beat Florida State. So he's up there crying like the world's ending. And yet he got a he got a bullshit championship then. It's just it, it based off of what he says. I don't think it's a bullshit championship. But if we're gonna go, well they haven't lost. The games don't mean anything. Well, West Virginia was unbeaten, dude. It doesn't matter what happens after, because that was his thing. They're going to use the Georgia thing against them. Well, Georgia would beat Florida State head up. All, all their, I think all their, their, everyone, including the quarterback, I think they'd win. But without that quarterback for Florida State, Georgia beats them. It was what fourteen and a half. Now it's up higher. It's, yeah, I kind of had to get that out because he's up there saying I'm good. I got the chip. Well, your chip was bullshit based off of your logic and your theory. 
I don't call it bullshit, but you're basically calling your chip bullshit. Because just off being unbeaten, clearly West Virginia didn't deserve to be there. Because I remember Florida did kick their ass. Um, but that kind of defeats his argument because we, we think anyone would beat Florida State without that quarterback in the top four. So, all right, I'm done ranting. And I want you to get us out of here, sir. All right. On that note, we have a lot of good college football to watch um, over the next handful of days. Again, it is obviously you can't yeah, um, you can't have the uh, play. Normally, the playoff games are New Year's Eve, but it's Sunday and you have NFL, so it'll be college football Saturday, college football Friday, NFL Sunday, and college football on Monday as well. So it's a great time to roll in 2024 with a lot of good college football. And again, I, I, I'm just going to say that I'm going to bet the under in Bama and the over in Washington. Hopefully I hit both. We will see if life was that easy. I'd probably be living in Vegas. We'd be doing a show off a yacht. So until then, <laughs> we'll stick to this for how it is now. We love hey, you. What are we going to do Monday? Cause the games are Monday. What are we going to do our show Tuesday? To, yeah, to, yeah. Cause we're, I'm still out of school. So yeah, Tuesday would be okay. great if that okay. works. All right. So cool. we, uh, stay warm. Enjoy the football this weekend. The boys are out tonight. Have a good one. Peace.